2: Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, One
3: Minute at a Time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. Hey, everybody. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel and Marvel Movie Minute. And I'm Pete
1: Wright, also from The Next Reel and Marvel Movie Minute.
2: Hey, welcome back, guys. How did Thanks, you see, Eric. Do, do sleeping on the couch for a couple nights, <laughs> actually? Feel okay? I felt like a bandit. <laughs> I
1: feel good. I feel like a band-aid, That's how Band-Aid oh. Sleeps. oh my.
2: Oh. Um, so this is Wednesday of this week here, uh, minute twenty. And it starts with Estrella asking William what band he is with, and ends with, It's all happening.
1: There it is. It's all happening.
3: Yes, it is.
2: We get like these closer up views on the characters i mean we, we had the last one you know i mean william we, we've we seen him a, a good bit prior to this minute prior prior to this week you know but but a little bit closer up view certainly of him at the end of last minute and starting this but of of estrella and then uh the ensuing at least the one other band-aid the uh the main band-aid
1: oh yes this is the introduction of royalty. I mean, this is one yeah. of those fantastic character introductions in in the movie, and I think Cameron Crowe, in general, in terms of pulling at the heartstrings and of uh, and doing these reveals, he is exceptionally good at it. But Kate Hudson is uh, is such a brilliant contrast to Bijou Phillips. And and her character here of Estrella, that it just you you can't help but feel like something is changing in the movie here. Some uh, something just changed for William in a tectonic shift kind of change.
3: It's a, it's a and it's I mean this is I, I'm trying to think of other Cameron Crowe introductions in his films where there's a character who's introduced that has such presence because the way that Kate Hudson kind of walks in. And she's kind of, you know, she's still in that position where she was talking to those two girls in the back, walks forward into the light and she's got those great sunglasses on and the coat on and here it is summertime at night and she's totally dressed like that, like she's her own little rock star. Uh, It's such a great introduction. And this, this moment, this conversation that she has with William about, about kind of band-aids and groupies and everything,
1: Mm
3: -hmm. it, it is such a kind of defining moment for this movie and uh, and her really as an actress, because I honestly, I I'd never seen her before. This was my first experience with Kate Hudson and it was a great moment to have this as the place where I met her.
1: Um, I had a point and I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, that's smart i don't think i'd seen her either i'm i'm trying to think back oh oh yeah you know what she was in i think immediately before this was dr t and the women was she who was she in that movie that was such a terrible movie terrible movie Ugh, my mother made me see it don't see that movie (laughs) especially don't see it for kate hudson
2: lesbian daughter of the titular character
1: Oh yeah. No. It's Bob, a Bob terrible movie. I can't yes. believe that movie is just one line away from this movie on her IMDb credits. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh because right, it's Robert Altman can't believe that either. Oof. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh okay. Anyhow, so I I think I had seen her but did not know who she was uh because of of how i felt of it and so this this movie again it felt like just being introduced to royalty and she was you know what is she here 21 the the actress kate hudson uh, she's uh she just commands the screen and he does such a good job of of isolating her eyes uh you know throughout the film um and, and so just just to get okay. this initial frame of her walking into frame it's just it's so good and
3: it's a moment of of real presence. Like we have this, this kind of moment of, this is a character who's important, not just to William, but to the film and to us. Like you get this sense that, okay, this is a key player and, and she carries it. And that's something that I was really impressed with, you know, forget about her, her lineage. I mean, clearly she's, she's from the right type of family to, to have learned how to act at a young age But just watching her here and throughout this film, I'm like, she clearly knows what she's doing and she can carry she can carry an entire film. And and here she is playing this character that is such a a, an important um, uh, character point for uh, for William throughout the film and getting to watch her in this moment as she's kind of explaining her position as to Band-Aids versus groupies it's defining. It's really kind of a defining moment for an actress and for a character and for a
1: film.
2: Hmm. Yeah. You you guys, you guys said that so well, that's, that's amazing. Um... (laughs) I was going to say, do
1: you disagree? Did we do it wrong? I
2: I know we get excited about it, but (laughs) some great, great takes uh, on, on, uh, you know, the actress and the character, you know, yeah, that's, that makes so, so much sense. Um, one of the big things I, I would I would point out about if we want to go into the the character. I mean we, we get so and we do get her name here. Um I mean she's she's uh she's uh introduced to William by by Estella. Uh Penny Lane herself, uh she was uh something similar to Stillwater, a combination of at least two or three I, I believe uh uh women uh that were Band aids slash groupies at that time for for Cameron Crow, um, when he was first uh, uh touring with mul- multiple multiple bands. So it's similar to Stillwater, but it's also not because there really is a real Penny Lane. Well, there there actually was a real band called Stillwater, but totally unrelated to Cameron Crow as well. <laughs> and uh, he had to get the rights for that uh, uh in the end, is my understanding. Um, but nonetheless, to, to stay on uh, uh, Penny Lane and Kate Hudson, then too. Um, Kate Hudson, I I feel like there was the the you know it's been the matter of uh, you know a fair amount of people. The general take consensus seems to be that she never really matched this this character playing playing any other character quite as well as this one. she is, you know, when it's often th- this movie is the one that's brought up. Seems seems like a lot. Uh, when when, uh, she's talked about in articles and so forth, um, magazine or online, what have you.
3: Yeah, she, I mean, well, she definitely went down the the romantic comedy path Uh and did a lot of those sorts of films, none of which I I was really a fan of. And in fact, actually, as I look at the films that she had been in um, before and after this, there are very few that I saw. I saw the Four mm-hmm. Feathers. I saw. Uh, I, I feel like I might have seen at least some of How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, um, and I think that's it. Oh well, I, no, I've Kung, seen, Kung I've Kung Fu seen Panda one 3. specific
2: section of How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days because of the um, <laughs> other movie by Minute Podcast. <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't that wasn't exactly a minute, but you know, it was, it right, was, right,
1: right, right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that you that you get with Kate Hudson, she's a, a supremely talented all around performer, and uh, you know, you see a movie like Nine, or you see what she was able to do when she did her guest stint on Glee, uh, a number of episodes where she was a song and dance teacher in this fictitious school in New York, and uh, and you see just the range of her performance ability is. Uh, quite broad and uh, so you know to see her in these you know in the kind of rom-com stuff is is less uh, less enticing as a result Um, you know once you see what she's what she's capable of and how she's matured over the years since since this movie I think she was exceptional in this movie and I think she's just gotten better she just I'm I'm not always a fan of what she chooses to work on
3: yeah, that's I think it. Would you guys say that she's a she's a supporting character in this film, or would you say that she's kind of a lead character? Because she, when in the award circuits, she was nominated in like the supporting roles.
2: Yeah, and I don't yeah, know. It's it's so yeah. close to a toss up between her and Elaine. I think, um, you know, I mean, Elaine certainly is out of the picture for a am- certain amounts in the well, in, you know, throughout yeah. the middle.
3: Little- and so to that end, I would say Absolutely. that Elaine yeah. is the supporting character. And I would yeah. say that Kate Hudson is yeah. the leading lady yeah. of this film. Yeah. And I would certainly put her out there in the award circuits as yeah. the lead of this film. I mean, put looking at who, like at least at the Oscars, who she would have been up against if she was nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. Julia Roberts, Aaron Brockovich, Ellen Burstyn, Requiem for a Dream, Joan Allen, The Contender, Juliette Binoche, Chocolat, and Laura Linney, You Can Count on Me that's a pretty tough group of ladies to be up against i don't know if i would um have picked her as a winner in that group but i certainly
2: or or even can you can you with the five nominee limit for that that category especially at that time definitely at that time that's why it was even for the best picture at that time but um is there is there one of those that you would take off for kate hudson to be on oof yeah that's a very tough
0: yeah, call that's like a that's me. a
3: really tough one. maybe juliette binoche shook a lot yeah. mm-hmm. um which i mean i think it's a great role a great uh great film but i i still think okay i could put kate hudson in there wow. in the supporting role though i mean she was up against francis yeah. mcdormand and i think that just yeah. that makes it really challenging when they're well yeah of...
1: they canceled each other out
3: yeah, exactly
1: right. and and I'm... i mean come on i i thought that uh, okay, uh, maybe the, I don't know if this is controversial. I it, enjoyed Pollock and Marsha Gay Harden is a terrific actor, and I also would put Kate Hudson above this and above uh, above uh, you know Judy Dench and Julie Walters and Billy Elliot. I I just I feel like this was this was her performance. Also, she was the youngest, least seasoned of all of those fantastic actors, and wouldn't have won anyway. But this performance, I think, is was was worthy of it.
3: I think Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, May have deserved an Oscar win for Mystic River, but not for Pollock. And and so so I would have I would have flip flopped those. I would have said Kate Hudson should win for this. Marsha Gay Harden win for Mystic River.
1: Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. That's why we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) Because we always agree.
3: Just wait for a show to prove that point. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, just to go back just
2: a little bit before she's actually introduced, um, there, there is the, William, he is really proud, it seems like to me, my take on it, to say that he is a journalist. Um. Yeah. Then yet then the tables so turn, he's so, (laughs) he's so, um, not wanting to offend, which he clearly does when he says they're, they're groupies, um.
3: That's so funny. Yeah. It's it's such a funny turn. You know, I I debated how much I you know was bothered by this whole groupie versus band aid mm-hmm. thing, and I think it just kind of goes to the kind of so much the theme of the film. And I think you get that with Lester about rock and roll, and that's not rock and roll. This is rock and roll, and all of that. Just the way that people view things, and they view their tastes as the right tastes, and everyone else's tastes as the wrong ones. And I think that's exactly the case of this, which is really funny, As especially as you hear Penny and Estrella describe it and that whole thing with no more sex, just blowjobs. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they clearly have this this vision of what it means to be a band-aid and it's all about the music, et cetera, et cetera. But really, I mean, are they that different from groupies? I don't
1: mm-hmm. know. You know? Well, and that's one of the things we gotta. I, I, I feel like this movie, if you step back or if you you sort of get up above it and uh, and look down at it, it's a movie that is a set of just sort of micro kind of economies of people feeling strongly about their thing, and. This movie is a celebration of people living inside their passion, whatever that is, right? And for the Band-Aids, all they wanted was for someone to give them an excuse to tell their story. She is as much uh, Penny Lane telling the story of the Band-Aid as she's Alexander Hamilton standing on a table, right? I mean, it is—she's just— gets an excuse to rant. And we get the same thing with Lester, and we get the same thing with uh-huh. Jeff, and we get the same thing with Russell. Everybody eventually gets their chance to rant. And we already had Frances McDormand do some great rants. I mean, she's exceptionally good at this, too, in this movie. Everybody gets a, a chance to live inside their passion in this movie. And I think that's one of the things that that makes it such a fun um, sort of economy of emotion to watch play out on screen. Definitely.
3: Frances McDormand's rant about... <laughs> the spelling of christmas was my favorite <laughs> yeah. at this point <laughs> so. and, and that that was a deleted scene oh yeah such
1: a great yeah. scene oh yeah, such I, a great scene
3: it's so funny like you lose track when you watch a certain version for so long yeah like i totally have lost track what the original cut is like you know it's it's so funny
2: Now, did either of you possibly check out Urban Dictionary for Band Aid?
3: I didn't. I should have. But oh dear. I'm now. I'm really curious.
2: Cause, yeah, because I went straight to it. I didn't just Google Band Aid. Band Aid is, you know, we got the bandages. It. It's the, it's the, uh, the brand name for certain bandages. Um, this but, is beautiful. So what it says is someone who goes to rock concerts because of the music. Because she inspires the musicians and believes the band to be very talented, not to be confused with a groupie who, when we get the definition for them here, who sleeps with rock stars because she wants to be near someone famous.
1: That's Uh, That's it. Legend.
3: It's an interesting, I mean, again, it goes to kind of your interpretation of your position, right? And I think that's what's interesting because to a certain extent, band-aids are the same as groupies. I think there's something really interesting, but I I appreciate the delineation where, you know, you inspire the musicians. Obviously that takes a sense of, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, a certain sense of yourself, that you are a source of inspiration, that you are a muse that kind of can inspire these people. Um, And obviously, they're attracted to people who are talented, but and, and we're not going to see it actually in this minute. But you, but it's clear, I think, that the movie makes it clear throughout that when we see these people, when all of a sudden they are thrust into a position where somebody famous is nearby, they all turn it into groupies,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It's an interesting statement on fandom, too. You know, it was like it's maybe it's because I'm looking back on this movie with with the eyes of, you know, existing in, um, you know, the 2010s version of fandom which has, has become toxic in so many circles that this is really sweet you know even in in her definition you know it's 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 not the sex it's the inspiration and maybe the blowjobs but it's the inspiration <laughs> and it's the celebration of of music you know fill in the blanks whatever you're a fan of like we should be so lucky to be band-aids to, to artists like I, I hope everybody gets to be a fan at that level of of something they love that much and, you know, do it before it gets ugly, um, when it's still fun and about just sort of love of the thing. And, and that's, that's a beautiful statement.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you, you want it to be kind of this, this sense of passion about this thing that you're all in love with. It's this mutual love and excitement about this creative thing that fills you. Right. And I I think that's, It's so interesting to me and that's why I think this film works for me so well because not only do you have these musicians who are creating this this glorious art form and playing something that touches thousands and thousands of people. But you have these people like Band-Aids who who also just have this passion for this creation that is happening, and they mm-hmm. sure it's you know it's a, there's sex and there's all these other things involved, but really I, I think that there's this delineation here that you know they Penny right here is saying we are in this because we have this passion for this creativity and it drives us just as much as it drives them, and William is here for the same reason and we're not going to get to talk about this minute but when he when he's talking to stillwater and he's selling himself to them later in the film it's like he has the same passion he knows who these people are and what they're creating and it's so exciting and invigorating because there is this sense and this thrill of being around something that is just it wasn't there before somebody created it here it is and it touches you in like right in the feels and i i don't know i think it's Amazing the way that this film captures that. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Um, and that leads me to one of one the, the first of a few different uh, little uh, differences between the theatrical and the untitled extended mm. version. Um, nice. and that's it's it's just after the line we don't have intercourse with these guys by Penny. Uh huh. She then additionally says we support the music, and additionally that whole that just so you know. That whole, the, both of those lines together are a different take in full. Oh, than, okay. Than, you know, for the extended versus the theatrical. Interesting. A take, even. Um, for both of those lines together. Um, Interesting. And then Estrella Starr says, this is uh, saying to William, Mark Boland broke her heart, man. It's right. famous. <laughs> right. And Penny said, Penny said, you know, says in addition to that, it's a long story. I'm retired now, visiting friends.
3: Mm. Wow. I, I have, uh, I love that Mark Bolin line. <laughs> it's,
1: <laughs> it's such a good so, line. And, and for, it's and so good. For some
2: people to know just in case, cause it's a little bit more of an under the more, a little more under the radar, uh, band, uh, T-Rex.
1: Yeah. Right. Glam, glam rock right at its best. Yeah. But better. it's interesting. Cause I feel like,
3: I feel like T-Rex had kind of hit this weird point yeah. in cinema where all of a sudden I was hearing T-Rex songs <laughs> In yep. movies, like all yep. through the, the late nineties, early two thousands, because it was just it all of a sudden pe- became popular again. Like uh, you know, White Swan was was in a yeah. number of movies. Like it, it just all of a sudden you had this kind of rise of T Rex, which I think was really interesting. in Mark Boland, I I don't know, I, I I love that the fact that that line is in here, and again, it speaks to my uh my the the lost uh, memories I have of the original film because I've watched this the 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 untitled version of it so many times I I kind of lose track of which is which and I just
1: remember that line now which is such a great line it doesn't feel like it should the movie shouldn't exist without it <laughs> <laughs> right
2: um the only other difference is actually at the very end of this minute we're we're hearing them saying it's all happening right and mm-hmm. we'll cover it this minute just because it's immediately following that this extended part, um, uh, this extra part uh, by Penny Lane saying this to, to Polexia who had just come in, who's just come in and wasn't in on this conversation before. Um, So Penny is saying this to Polexia. This is our journalist friend, journalist friend, meet Polexia Aphrodisia, Mm Estrella star and you are, and William says William Miller.
3: Which is interesting because obviously um, you know, Penny has been paying pretty close attention because, uh, you know, she she heard him kind of stumbling over the I'm not the whole groupie line that he was trying to say, but clearly she she hadn't quite walked up yet, she was still talking to these other girls, but obviously she was still listening when she when he said, I'm a journalist, and so she's she's pretty smart, and I think that's that's something that we're going to kind of see how she's really good about reading kind of everything that's going on in a room and, and paying attention to a lot of different, um, you know, conversations happening around her so that she can be in the right place at the right time. She's a, she's a, a, a sharp one. She is, I think uh, that's a, that's a great moment. It's a simple line and I don't think that I miss it too much that it's not in this original cut, but I love having it in there because I think it just, it speaks to how sharp she is.
2: Um, and then the next, next biggest thing that I know of, last thing I know of to talk about, would be Anna Paquin herself, herself as Pilexia. Oh, Anna.
1: Ah, oh, the butterfly band-aid. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and what and a I've, weird name to I've, name yourself, Pilexia. Well, we and that's,
2: a... that's a whole other thing, though, oh, too, good. I f- that, that all of these names, <laughs> Penny Lane, Estrella. Um, uh, the one from next minute is really, where I was going to bring it, bring it up too. um, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it Sapphire. I mean, all, mm-hmm. all, uh, what four, four of these names are, I believe made up. I I really don't think, I mean, there weren't, there there were, there were, I think uh hipster possibly hipster parents. <laughs> I'm not sure hipster parents would have named their kid Plexia, but, uh, but, uh, the hippie parents that, uh. Our were conceiving children uh, around this time, and, and just in a few years prior, in the late sixties.
3: It's um, it, it's a yeah. weird name, like Palexia aphrodisia. Like Penny yeah. Lane, I get it because it's like <laughs> obviously a pull from a song, Astrea Star, Estrella Star, however you want to say it. It's like okay, you know, just you know, star in different languages, and it just sounds like something that somebody <laughs> would come up with. Palexia aphrodisia is yeah. is like I don't know. I find it a really interesting choice for a name and and of the names I I am most intrigued I think by hers because it's just it's so peculiar but draws me in.
1: Yeah and and it's funny watching this movie again because I expect so much more from Anna Paquin in this role. I expect oh. uh, Palexia to be a, a more important character in terms of just straight up screen time and participation and we we don't we don't get that. Um it it's it it doesn't it's I I wish that, you know, the more famous these actors get, they could go back to these old movies and actually be in them more. Um, because I I feel like I kind of want more, especially though, when we get, you know, we get this, this bit from a a later minute when she does the act one, act two, act three uh, bit, which I think is, it it is her crowning triumph in this movie. And Mm -hmm. if there's anything that's redemptive about her short screen time in the film, it's, it's that, that set of three lines. She's, she,
3: yeah. I mean, seeing what she's done from such an early age with like the piano where, I mean, just a really strong performance at such a young age and fly away home and Amistad. She, she had done a lot of great stuff and even X-Men the same year yeah. that this comes out. Yeah. I think that she is uh, somebody that, that really can deliver some strong performances. And I mean, geez, look what she did for all those seasons on, um, uh, uh true blood. You know, she, I think that she is an actress who gives a lot in performances I actually really like her as, as I think she's a really interesting choice to play this role. Um, But yeah, I can't help but, um, but agree that, gosh, I wish that there was a few more scenes with her that would have kind of given me a little bit more meat for her character. Um, the only, the only interesting point that I do other than that have to bring is that Anna Paquin is actually, I think of all the band-aids and, um, largely everyone else, the closest in age to Patrick Fugit. Mm -hmm. They both were Mm -hmm. actually born in
2: 1982. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Definitely. Uh, for me, the, 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 not, I wouldn't say necessarily stand out. It's just why I know her best from is certainly X-Men. Um, and even you know and it's and it's been a long running not not necessarily not necessarily every movie that she or every of the main x-men movies did she make it into but uh she did make it into that's most recently as uh the days of future past one mm-hmm. um but i think where she where, where the character stands out uh in this movie you know you, you certainly mentioned the the act one and two and three um, scene, but there's also these other points where she, you, you essentially realize if, if she's not saying anything, but she's there in the scenes and she's with, uh, Jeff Beebe. Yeah. The, uh, Jason Lee.
1: Character. Yeah.
2: So, so she seems to be his muse. Right. Whereas we find out Penny, Penny is very much, uh, uh, Russell's.
1: Yeah, right. There is there is a very real other movie in another parallel universe that mm-hmm. focuses on you know Jeff and her. Yeah, and Penny is the it's the Rosencrantz and Gildenstern <laughs> cut. <Yeah. laughs>
3: I'd love to see that. That that would be yeah really yeah. interesting to see if. Uh... If Cameron Crowe wanted to start making good movies again, that would
1: be one that might (laughs) be worth exploring. The Almost (laughs) Famous Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's just going to keep making Almost Famous, but just put the camera in different places. It's going to be great, you guys. Please, don't even worry about it. Uh, I want to see Noah
3: Taylor's story. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't
2: think we ever get a good take on him, whether he comes from the uh the, the the character in this movie uh no. from uh Australia or London or you know but he's got one of those uh british
1: e accents right it, it comes from rock and roll yeah. baby <laughs> <laughs> that's where he comes from
2: <sighs> okay um well is there anything else either of you have for this minute
3: that's what i, I think got think that yeah. I yeah. think that hit everything I had yeah. for this one. It's a, it's, it, it, but it's such an important minute. And I just have yeah. to reiterate. I mean, this is the moment where we get to meet these band-aids and get this sense of their place in the movie. Uh-huh. So it's, it's great. And I'm glad we got to be here for, for said introduction.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I tell you in the ramp up to doing this, doing this show, I had to look so many times, so many times, but I hope this, this cements it, you know, doing these episodes, uh, who the different band-aids really are as far as, you know, okay, that character is that name. And this character is this yeah. one. You know? It's like, oh boy. It was a it was a mind F, you know, back a few months ago. Like, <laughs> wait, which one's
0: Polexia again? I just can't keep it straight.
3: Yeah, she she has the most Star Warsy name, Polexia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Oh, well, so um for your other show or shows even too because you're you're kind of in that network you were saying last last minute right yeah
3: yeah uh the next reel is a it's a great place to check if you're a fan of movies i i mean you know pete dragged me into this thing (laughs) kicking and screaming this whole (laughs) podcasting thing um but yeah we talk about a movie every pretty much every week and uh really go into insane depth kind of looking at it and just uh, we have a, a lot of fun talking about uh all aspects of it from the development of it all the way through production and everything and it's it's a it's a fun show so the next reel um and we can we kind of talk about all sorts of movies right pete
1: yeah, we usually bundle them by series and so we'll pick an actor or a director or a genre that we want to explore uh, You know as we're recording this uh, it, we're Diving into the works of Ingrid Bergman and talking about some great old Hitchcock and and having a good time with that We also have you, you know, it's a uh, but that's our regular Thursday show It's been around the longest we we started that show November 11th 2011 uh, and I've been doing it uh, ever since. We also have a, another monthly show called The Film Board, The Next Reels Film Board, where we talk about a new release movie, since most of the movies Andy and I talk about are are um, uh, older films. Uh, and then we've got a, a bunch of other guys over there who are are doing great work, too. Um, Trailer Rewind, they look at movies that uh, are new and available on streaming services to to think about. And, uh, of course, The Next Reels Marvel Movie Minute, uh, mm-hmm. where we're taking on the MCU
3: yeah that's a that's quite the undertaking. We're by the time uh, this show goes live, we've finished Iron Man, so you can go back and listen to all the minutes, all hundred twenty six minutes of Iron Man and we are uh, we are kind of in uh, the pre-production stages of uh, the Incredible Hulk kind of recording episodes, getting ready to release that. which should start uh, its releases in January
2: 2020 oh. yeah very cool. Um, so uh this was uh Wednesday uh here for minute 20. Um you guys hopefully can make it back for the one last minute of the week, uh, minute 21 on Friday.
3: I hope. My schedule is still open, so Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Um
2: so uh until then, it's all happening. It's
1: all it's happening. All happening.
0: I am a golden god. Yes! Queen of Hearts is always your best bet.
4: Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies.
0: Hey, it's Marla Davies. Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Celebrating the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. Each week, I bring you interviews, recollections, and stories from musicians, concert promoters, influencers, music lovers, and festival goers about their love of music, the magic of music festivals, and the power that music has that keeps bringing people out to celebrate together as a tribe. Since Woodstock, there have been so many festivals, and it'd be hard fought to find somebody who hasn't been to one. Coachella, Bonnaroo, Outside Lands. Lockin', Lollapalooza, The Warped Tour, Bottle Rock, Cali Roots, Day on the Green, Live Aid, The Us Festival, and Woodstock. What all these festivals have in common are the people who come out with one mission to let go, have a good time, join together, make memories, and listen to music and dance. That's the magic of music festivals. We've interviewed original Woodstock artists, musicians, and festival goers and are looking forward to connecting with more people who resonate with the vibe. If you've ever enjoyed yourself at a music festival, you'll love Woodstock Nation. Check out Woodstock Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marla Davies for Woodstock Nation. Peace.
4: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.